0: The OAMnetwork.com Power to the podcast.
1: All right, awesome. Well, welcome to Surf Memphis. This is our first podcast episode that we're actually putting out that's not in a tiny room around midnight. Um, we're actually here at the OAM Network. Charlie, hey. Hey, what's up? How hey. are you? I'm doing great, so obviously... uh, this is our first foray into the podcast world, and we've got sort of a kind of neat little bow-tied episode for you guys right now. We uh, we really want to talk about what we want on this podcast, um, how couch surfing works, because as you see in the name, Surf Memphis, you're probably wondering, okay, wait, there's nowhere you can surf in Memphis, Tennessee. Don't surf in the Mississippi River. There Don't are, do it. Yeah, I think it was Jeff Buckley that tried to swim <laughs> across it. It was. Why are you
2: laughing? <laughs> because why? Are, why are you throwing that into
1: into It's this? part of okay. Memphis history? I it
0: was Jeff Buckley, but he, it wasn't yes. the Mississippi River. It was, oh. I believe, uh, a tributary. It was like the Wolf River or something. Oh, okay, and then right. but a barge came by. The undertow took him into the river.
1: Oh wow! Mm. I learn new things every day in Memphis. That's part of the yeah. reason I. I've like been this telling city. people
2: it was the Mississippi River the whole time that I've lived here. So we need
1: to really start fact checking our stuff.
2: <laughs> we so, should because people believe everything that
1: we say. That's true. It's almost uh, a little daunting. How persuasive. You can I mean, be. it was
0: almost as sad as when Elvis drowned in the river. You we'll <laughs> always remember that. But you know, I one never time remember Jeff Buckley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I first moved to Memphis, I had somebody tell me, "Well, you know, one of our kings was shot, and the other one died on the toilet, and that's Memphis." I was like, okay, there it is. (laughs) That was my introduction to Memphis. So like I was saying, as (laughs) this is our introduction to podcasting and and couch surfing, we want to talk about what we want from this podcast, uh, how couch surfing works, who we are in Memphis, because we are both not from here. And we're going to tell you guys a little bit about our first experiences, kind of our thoughts about Memphis moving here, and I mean, even how we became friends. So I'm Christy. I'm Carly. Yeah. <laughs> We've been best friends now for about three years. Only been living together for like, well, in Memphis for about seven months now. Yep. And we met,
2: we were living in Chicago. We did like a volunteer program.
1: AmeriCorps. Yeah, you guys yeah, know what that is.
2: Shout out to AmeriCorps. And uh, we were living with five other volunteers, so I guess you could say that was our first time where we were, like, really, like, sharing a home with strangers.
1: Right, yeah. And
2: uh, we just dove right into that. Like, the first day there, you were trying to be my friend, and I just, like, was not feeling it. Carly was
1: actually the last person to become my friend. I really tried to bond with her over post-secret, and she was having none of it. And uh, I even think I told you I loved you at one point, and you were like, I'm just not there. It was just too soon. It was almost like a relationship that I just (laughs) couldn't get it to go where I wanted it to go. (laughs) It was just too soon. But then
2: here we are making a podcast together. I know, three years later. Hosting strangers from around
1: the world. Right. so. So, I mean, I think. I might have told you about couch surfing when we lived together. I'd only couch surfed once back right. in 2014 when we first moved in together. Um, for those of you who don't know what couchsurfing is, couchsurfing is a website and it's also an app. Um, Carly's actually functions better than mine on iPhone than it does on Android. Just fun fact. Um, it was founded in 2004, but it started with this guy. And what he did is he booked a really cheap flight from Boston to Iceland And he realized he didn't have anywhere to stay. So he hacked into the University of Iceland's, I guess, computer email system and sent out emails to over 15,000 students saying, Hey, I'm coming to Iceland. You don't know me. Could I stay on your couch or something? And he got over like 50 to 100 acceptances that were like, yeah, man, you can come on. So I guess when he was back on the plane, he said, Huh, I think I can turn this into something. So that was all the way back in 1999. And couch surfing itself was founded as a website. In 2004. So there's three ways you can couch
2: surf. Yeah. So you can host, you can surf, or you could go to meetups. Right. Um, and there's also like a lot of subgroups within couch surfing, which is really neat if you have particular interests or hobbies that you want to find people. Um, but yeah, so hosting is just generally people will send you a request and you, if you have the time and space available, you can host them in your hometown and Um, It really depends on how how involved you want to be with your surfers Mm. because some people will show you the entire town, take you out all night. (laughs) Some people are just like, here's your place that you're crashing and have a good time. Um, And then surfing is kind of the opposite where you're a traveler and you're looking for a way to really connect with the local community. So you go on and you find hosts in your area. And usually you're looking for people that you have at least one thing in common with so that you can send out that initial request sort of catch their attention and and then meetups are just things that happen regularly around cities
1: where you meet up and you talk about travel and share stories and build community and right happens right here in memphis all the time um i will say uh, probably one of the biggest questions we get or most frequent questions we get is is it like airbnb and the answer is yes and no. Airbnb, you pay your money, and you're paying for, like, a comfortable stay. Usually, you know, you get in your, your room. Somebody has, like, folded nice little towels like you're in a hotel room. And, I mean, I've gotten, like, the five-star treatment on yeah, Airbnb. Yeah, the expectations you know are I mean? definitely a little different Versus when there's money involved. surfing, where you can... You know, a guy will give his duck a bath in the bathtub as soon as you get there. <laughs> that actually happened to <laughs> that us. That did uh, happen to us in uh, Nashville when we surfed together recently. Um, but there, there is sort of a currency in couch surfing, and it, it's sort of in, a, in an experience and an exchange. So while you may not pay for your room, you might buy dinner, you might bring a bottle of wine or or cook or provide an experience or...
2: Yeah. And like speaking like something like providing experiences, I think, is one of the things that's like priceless about couch surfing, because I, I know that I've talked to so many people that have come through that have said I never would have found out about an event like Spill it or an event like You Look Like, or comedy shows, or certain restaurants that are sort of under the radar yeah, that yeah. we send people to, and then that's like an amazing way to find stuff that's not in a guidebook.
1: I will say that, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but I mean, if you would comb through our references, they're, they're mostly positive, mostly positive, they're, they're all positive, <laughs> I don't want to put it out there that like we've got something hidden on there.
2: Yeah, so every, the way that couch surfing works is it's very reference-based, so every person is... Um, requested to write a reference and um, with those references you describe your experience you can say I think it's positive neutral or negative negative," mm-hmm. um, and then you just let other people know how your experience went so that way if you're looking to stay with somebody you want to make sure that other people can vouch for them how they are as a host or how they are as a surfer right and uh, yeah I, I think it's really cool that that's how the community sort of creates like builds upon itself and and that people are looking out for each other in um whether or not somebody would be a suitable person to come because it's essentially a stranger that's coming into your home or you're going and staying in a stranger's home Mm. but having that little extra
0: can i can i ask a question Yeah, yeah go ahead are there rules like are there like are there commandments For crowd like couch surfing, there are things you cannot do,
1: right? So, on the website, there's for example, it doesn't tolerate using couch surfing as a dating site. Which, after so, Forbes magazine published an article in 2011 about how couch surfing is it the new dating app because you're inviting people that are like minded into your home, and everybody when you're adults, things can happen whether consensually or non consensually, and it's a concern for them, so they don't tolerate that at all if if you're you know sending out messages like hey i thought you were cute Do you want to go out for coffee or um there's been a lot of instances where we've heard from other surfers and maybe people were sending them inappropriate things um which is just this part of life you know people are always going to be kind of weird no matter what you get yourself into <laughs> and people
0: are going to misuse some right like, yeah. system however they yes. can
1: so couch surfing itself suggests that instead of um, just coming and showing up with nothing. It is in their rules that maybe show up with a bottle of wine or...
2: But the exchange of money is definitely, if you go onto their website, that's definitely something that's like
1: prohibited. Like right, you don't do that.
2: Um, but yeah, like she said, bringing coffee, bringing like a gift
1: from your home country is a really popular We've thing. we had candies. We had a guy come through that was uh, working the Hello Kitty food truck, he was driving across America. So he came and we hung out with him in June and he brought us like little Hello Kitty cakes. Oh and gosh, macaroons, I, yeah. we know. Yeah, we got to we got to see the truck up close and personal. It was he, parked in our driveway, which was it was on North Parkway too. So it was it was a sight. <laughs> it was awesome. We had, of course put it on Snapchat and everything, and had to brag to everybody. We were like, "Look at what's in our driveway! This is so cool. <laughs> it's So cute. Yeah, exactly. It was really
2: cute, and the the pastries were amazing. Yeah, and I he ended like... up coming
1: back six months later. Came back through town, um, and I think he left some more Hello Kitty treats. But we've gotten like little flags. People will draw pictures and write little notes, candies from Denmark. Um, yeah, we
2: actually have a book that every surfer... We
1: brought the book, that yeah. <laughs> ...that comes through
2: signs, and some people will draw pictures and just, like, write nice things to us about our experience, their experiences, and then...
1: So when I'm feeling down, I bust out the book, and exactly. I'm like, I am cool. <laughs> I am worth getting to know.
2: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, blatant
1: rules for couch surfing. I think... I think it all, couch surfing, since it became a for-profit company in 2011, a lot of people say that the old school couch surfing was a lot more intimate, a lot, it was more, the host had control, it was volunteer based, but since it became a for-profit company, they had to shut down some parts of couch surfing because you can't volunteer in it. I guess they're a C-type corporation. I looked that up. I don't know what that means. I just sound educated because I looked it up and I don't know what it is. uh... Um, right. But I think the biggest part about couch serving is just using your personal judgment. So for me, the biggest thing is the request. Like when I get a request and it says, Hey, can I stay on your couch Friday, January 16th through the 18th? If it's just like, Christy, I am doing a great trip across America. I would like to stay on your couch. What do you think? I'm probably (laughs) going to say no. Versus if you have somebody that like some of our recent surfers, They'll comb through your profile, and I actually have a secret password in my profile. This is kind of like an unspoken thing that hosts do. I don't think you do, Carly, do you? I don't. You don't have the
2: password. But sometimes it's interesting because people, both of our profiles are linked because we're roommates. So sometimes people will send me your password, and then I'm like, you really read it if you're sending Christy's password
1: over to me. I'm not going to tell you guys my password. You'll just have to look it up. It's from a show, though. It's from Avatar the Last Airbender. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I made it this, but uh, no one has Was there? It. I
2: thought there was one person who figured it out.
1: There was one person that's like, I explained it and they were like, oh, that's where I heard oh, it from. Uh, yes. But nobody straight up has been like, oh my God, right. Avatar At- Last Airbender. So in order to really get a, an absolute yes from me, you have to put the password as the first thing in the request. So like, then I know somebody read it. I know they read my home section, What I what I allow, what I don't allow that I have another, I have a roommate named Carly, and we're, we're hosts together. Um, but most of all, if people just, it's interesting to me if someone messages me and says, hey, I see that you play guitar. I want to, like, jam with you, or I love beer, too. Let's go find well, the, beer.
2: That's another thing, too, is you were talking about your home section. I think that personal hosts can put in their own rules. Mm, like, yes. I've seen some profiles where people are, like, very strict about what they, you know, they put a curfew, they put... Whatever whatever it may be, and then some are very lax, and ours, I think, are very laid back, and it's just right. like, we want you to spend time with us, um, we'd like to share a meal, we'd like to show you things, we might not have the time to necessarily do that, but usually we'll figure it out, but yeah, I, and I think some people,
1: just, you... <laughs> You come up with that on your own, basically. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a learning experience like anything. Yeah. You know, when I first started, which is what I would really love to talk about. I'd love to talk about how you and I both got into couch surfing. Yeah, for sure. Because I am so different than when I started. So I want like to hear about your first couch surfing experience. The first time that I actually
2: like slept on a stranger's couch was accidental. <laughs> so I I booked like a flight on a whim with my friend. Um, I was living in Michigan at the time, and there were these thirty five dollar round trip flights to Atlanta. Oh my gosh! But That's the awesome. and it was on Halloween, so we were like Halloween, let's do it. We didn't have plans, but the only way that we could get these flights round trip, it was I think it was thirty five dollars round trip. Oh my like, gosh! The whole thing, yeah. Um, That's dope. but the only way we were able to do that was that we were only in Atlanta for eight hours. Mm-hmm. So we were like, there's not even anywhere for us to stay. Like, we're just going to go to a bar. It's Halloween. We'll be out all night. So we get to the airport. It's, it's like 10 30 PM when we finally land <laughs> down in Atlanta and we're like ready to go. We're in our costumes. Um, wait,
1: what were you? What was your costume?
2: I don't even remember because that the memorable. night, I really think that my costume... Well, I, I actually think I wasn't wearing a costume and my friend was just wearing rainbow su- suspenders. Mm. Like, I'm pretty sure I was just wearing a flannel shirt. A lazy like lazy
1: Halloween. Anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we, we Uber over to the bar and we, we went into this bar. Like, it was karaoke, so we were really... It was really intense inside there. And we just, like, kept going in and out and we were like, maybe mm-hmm. we can find something better. But we were like, we only have one night here. So, we finally go back for the third time And I'm just like hanging out on like my third or fourth drink. And then this woman comes up to me and she starts singing in my face. So I flip her the finger and her (laughs) wife was with her at the time. And the wife just thought this was the funniest thing in the world. And like, we just all started talking and we told them, we were like, we actually are only here for a night and we don't have a place to stay. And we like hung out with them, did karaoke. And then eventually they were like, well, we have like a house that you guys can come back to if you guys just want to crash and then go to your flight at six in the morning. And we just hopped in a lift with them. (laughs) We went back to their little house, met their dogs, sat on the couch. We like tried to order Chinese, but no place was. It was just like one of those crazy nights that you're like, how did I end up in these people's house?
1: Yeah. We feel Um, alive. (laughs) But yeah.
2: So that wasn't officially through couch surfing, but we definitely Mm. did surf on these people's couch just from this one night booking a flight to a woman in Atlanta. And then I think through that, I was like, people can be so hospitable when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So that's how I first like accidentally couch surfed. And then the first time that I actually used the website, Mm -hmm. I was traveling in Ireland um, and I stayed with this guy named Peter living in the, the mountains up in Wicklow. And he was right on a national park. He was a really established host. He had hosted like 70 to 80 people. Um, he accepted mm. me with no reference. I might've had a reference from you. I think what Possibly. happened is that you yeah. and I
1: wrote each other references and we,
2: <laughs> it just says something about sweet potatoes and euros and Bo Burnham. That's pretty I much mean honestly, it. we get in the show right now because that's all you need to know about <laughs> us. <laughs> that's it. Um, but yeah, Peter was really cool because he always hosted multiple people at once. Yeah. So when I were there, when I was there, there were these two friends that were like middle aged from Russia who had like a really crazy perspective on everything. And then this girl from Germany who like I went on hikes with, she had to deal with me whining about this, like, 16-mile hike. <laughs> but we became friends through it. There was a point where I was, like, sing me something in German so I could make it through this hike. And You're, like,
1: on the trail tears, But we shared a
2: bunk bed. Like, it was so intimate. I just met her. We shared a bunk bed. She, like, coached me through this hike. Um, and then we would just, like, go back at night, sit around his table, drink wine, and all just, like, chat. And, like, I just felt like this is what travel should be when right. I was there. And I think from that moment, I just – I just fell in love with couch surfing. And tell me about your first experience. Well, the
1: crazy part is that you stayed with Peter and three months later when I was traveling, I also went and stayed with Peter at the end of my trip. And I mean, I slept in the same bunk bed. Did you sleep on the top or the bottom? I slept on the top. Ah, man. See, I'm I'm a bottom. (laughs) I just like I have to pee a lot in the middle of the night. I feel you. It's just easier when you're on the bottom bunk. Mm. I'm the same way in hostels. If somebody's got the bottom bunk, I'm like pissed. Yeah. And I wait. So the first time you couch surfed, were there bunk beds? (laughs) No. So the first time (laughs) I couch surfed was back in 2012. Uh, It was fall break at my university. And for some reason, I had this obsessive idea about going to St. Louis. As if it was Paris. The The St. Louis. The St. Louis. I'd just never been. I knew that there was a baseball team there and a big arch. And that was the extent of my knowledge. And everyone that I was trying to plan this trip with flaked. They all bailed. And I was like, damn it, I just—I still really want to go on this trip. And I had this friend who hopefully I would love to have come on because he's, he's my couch surfing mentor, who essentially told me all about the mega bus. He was like, you should take this bus all by yourself and then just couch surf. So he helped me make my profile. I sent a couple of, I'm looking back, probably terrible requests. Like if, if I probably got these requests, I, I'd probably say no. Um, but Did of course, you have stuff in your profile at the time? I did, of course. I mean, I love talking about me and I'm an oversharer, so... This is very true. (laughs) Most profiles have a lot to say about me. Yeah. Um, So I ended up going there. I remember I like went and took a mega bus. I was in a parking lot had no idea what I was doing, jumped on the bus, uh, got to St. Louis and I was messaging my couch serving host and everybody thought I was going to get ax murdered because I really wanted to rub it in my parents' faces for some reason. They were like, oh, are you coming home for fall break? I was like, no, I'm spending it with strangers in St. Louis. So um, I remember I was like, I was waiting at a roundabout. I'd been texting my host and he was like, hey, I'm going to come drive and like grab all your stuff and I'll take it back to my place and then you can just like explore downtown. And I was like, "Oh." okay cool you're like cool totally fine just come grab my stuff and this drive dude away drove my axe murderer drove up in a Prius and I gave him my backpack with my laptop all my belongings in it and I just said all right bye and he was like cool find your way to my house later it's like an hour and a half away by transit and I was like all right bye and I mean how did you feel in that moment alive <laughs> I did I felt like I had never really been in that situation where I was traveling alone before. So you
2: like essentially got your laptop and all your
1: valuables robbed and you just never felt more alive. But I found the robber. I ended up back at his place. (laughs) (laughs) So no, but I, I remember I went to the Arch and I met this guy named Reggie. He was wearing a pink shirt. And that was the first time I ever teamed up with another traveler. Yeah. We saw the arch together because we were just standing in line joking around. And then we both found this really interesting dynamic where we were excited that the other one was excited about the same (laughs) things because it was new to both of us. So we ended up like going across the street to get lunch. We walked through like the park together with like all the modern art and sculptures and statues and things. And um, I ended up staying with them for like three days. They took me to the zoo. They took me to like their church groups thing, like a very intimate kind of setting um, obviously, introduced me as that stranger that now I know you and I are always bringing strangers to stuff. Like, we brought yeah. an Italian girl to the f- a finale watch party of Game of Thrones when she's never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. Um, you brought someone from Serbia to your sister in law's birthday party. I yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> you've, brought, you've brought some people to stuff too. You br- well, Undercurrent. We always bring people to Undercurrent we
2: do which is funny because it's like a local networking event. Yeah. And then we're always like, here's this person from France that you'll probably never see again, but they're interesting to talk to. So
1: Yeah, and that's what I love. That's what I want to share through this podcast. We were talking earlier about like what do we want from this podcast? We want to share the stories and the experiences that we have here in Memphis because I mean, I you've only been here for 6 months, 6 or 7 months. You were hosting your second week of being here, talking about places like you were a local, right? <laughs> right. I was
2: I was essentially playing tour guide as I was learning things myself. <laughs> so I would just like remember things that you had said to me. <laughs> or sometimes I think I would even like slyly Google things and be like, oh, oh this is like what happened with this. Right. Like, this is where you should go. And I'm just like on-trip advisor, like coming up <laughs> with stuff. But people, and I was uh, honest about the fact that I just got here too. And I think that also made it kind of interesting because people are like, right. well, why are you here? And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just like it was I think that I learned so much about Memphis just by showing people around it. And it really gave me like a new light on this place. And I don't know that I would have. Uh, fallen for memphis in the same way without couch surfing
1: i mean i totally agree i mean you know i, I used to actually hate memphis and that's like a sin to say in memphis you don't know <laughs> but if you tell people in memphis you don't like memphis you might as well move right there and then because why they, are you even here yeah exactly exactly because i felt like when we lived in chicago we'd be like oh the city is so cold it's so stupid and people would be like yeah i know it sucks i don't know why we live here yeah people it. like bond <laughs> over complaining about the right. city
2: that's
0: really recent though but What's like recent? But, uh, that people like the hating memphis being bad i feel like maybe like when i was like a kid like may- i was here uh in like 99 2000 mm-hmm. yeah. like 2000 through or like 99 through like i don't know 2000 gosh like maybe like 11 or 12 i felt like hating memphis was like the cool thing like, was, everybody, like, everybody thing? hated <laughs> memphis like everybody yeah. wanted to leave and go to nashville
1: Right. I mean, um, there's still this war between Memphis and Nashville, which we want to have a whole episode about because we've got some great stuff about Memphis versus Nashville in the context of couch surfing and, and the different cities being for tourism. But I think one of the reasons this podcast works so well and it's worked so well for us in hosting is that Memphis is a great city for tourism and not in the way that you think it is. It's really not just about going down Beale Street, or going to the Peabody, seeing the Bass Pro Shop. It's all about like the local events because it is that... It is a big city with the small town feel. I really believe that. And before when I lived here, I think I just was in a different social group. I, was, um, I wasn't finding the things that really made me passionate, the things that really would connect me to Memphis until I started hosting. And then just living closer to downtown, showing people I mean, you don't want to have people come stay in your house and they're like, what is there to do in Memphis? And you're like, nothing. It sucks. Right. There's right. A, you don't want you that. You sort of have to talk up wherever you are. It makes you see it with like rose-colored glasses because you have to be excited and passionate about your city because otherwise why do you want people to come stay with you in that city? Right. Right. You know, I can't just have them in my house the whole time and be like, "I hope you enjoyed Memphis." Oh, great. <laughs> this <laughs> is Memphis, just like this this house right here. It's 1,200 square feet or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um I mean, my perspective really changed too. And I think, I mean, over the summer, you and I just kept talking. I mean, every night almost ended up with the conversation of, I don't know what I would do without couch surfing. Couch surfing is like the greatest joy in my life. It's so fun. It's changed me. Um, And we were talking earlier about how we wanted to combat with this podcast, the idea of stranger danger. I mean, Mm. obviously you should have your wits about you in the world and everything is not going to be perfect. But ultimately that's what it is, is we let these strangers come into our house, into our lives. I mean, I work with a client privately and like my surfers have met that client and like really enjoyed their company. I've taken surfers to like my sister-in-law's birthday. Well, dragged yeah, them around. That's what
2: I was going to say. I think it's interesting to, there's been a couple of people in our lives who I've seen sort of shift their perceptions of couch surfing as they've um, like met our surfers and hung out with them and shared dinner with us and all right. this stuff. Like somebody like your sister-in-law who I saw like really got to know a lot of these people. And I think, it might be somebody that ne- wouldn't necessarily go hang out with strangers for a night, but it, I think you can see that, like, right. turning in their brain and, like...
1: Because we do bring them to stuff like Undercurrent, or we went and saw So Far Sounds last night. Um, we bring them to sometimes to the Crosstown itself. Or even just, like, to,
2: friends, to a friend's apartment and exactly. playing board games and just, like, seeing somebody from a different country try and figure out, like, American, <laughs> like, board games or just, like the ways in which we, like, interact when we're hanging out. And just, like, I think that's what's really cool, too, is just, like, those intimate little moments in your lives that people get to be a part of. Right. And, and it's been ahead. really cool to see how welcoming everyone has been
1: to yeah. our surfers. I don't think anybody has been like, oh, God, Carly and Chrissy are dragging another stranger. It's <laughs> more of, saying. like, who do you got today? Like, who's
2: coming? Like,
1: Yeah, exactly. they They
2: just uh, start to expect it.
1: Right. Like, Or it's just become such a normal part of my life. Somebody will... Ask me to do something, I'll be like, hey, I have two Australian couch surfers. Right. Is it cool if they come? Yeah, sure. That's fine. You know? Or my, my life has been planned around... These strangers coming because every time they come, I just get filled with such an energy. I'm always I'm always saying I'm like, I'm so jazzed right now. Like I feel like I'm on top of the world. Because I do believe in a global community. Yeah. It is like creating a vision of like a perfect utopia. It says this in my couch surfing profile. It's very wordy and flowy and like probably a little pretentious, but that's how I feel. It's it's everything that I wanted meeting these strangers and you feel so affirmed because it's one of the only situations where like you're immediately totally honest. You're in a vulnerable, intimate environment. And sometimes like we've discussed and we've experienced like that doesn't always work out so well, but the times when it does, when you really connect, I mean, most of our surfers we still talk to and it's been, you know, six or seven months. We've had surfers travel the entire U S and say that Memphis was their favorite city. We get that a lot because I think, I think Memphis is a good city for showing these people around because they, they expect, they don't have any high expectations you know what I mean? Like, whatever Memphis is as a city, just because it's not New York or California, I guess California is a city now. Yeah. Almost the whole state of California. It's not, it's not the city of California. Ch- Chicago. Like, I I don't think that I could be the the host that I am if I still lived in Chicago. And I don't think my experience would be the same if I lived in somewhere like New York or Chicago. Because here, I mean, I've got like a list of what to do from 11 to 4 yeah. while I'm at work. And then the rest, we all, we just have to come up with, you know?
2: I've gone through everything. Yeah, have we discussed everything we wanted to discuss for the
1: I think so. What do you think, Gil?
0: I think that was great. All right. Okay, cool. It's a good intro episode. The Proceeding is an Elm Production. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.